0: jarring cacophony tells you that you're listening to the inimitable Power of Three podcast. We are three lifelong cheery, middle-aged Doctor Who fans who aren't grumpy, who discuss, infuse, and occasionally criticise the televised, novelised and audio adventures of our favourite time-travelling hero. Once again, budget cuts have reduced us to the power of two, so it's hello from me, Kenny Smith... And my fellow conspirator, David Steele. Say hello, David. Hello, yes.
1: Yes. Hello, it's David here. Um, hope everyone's well. Sadly, Tom is busy, sort of, he's been pickled in time. He's floating around Albert Square as a disembodied head at the moment and is unable to join us. Which, but, you know, Dimension in Time is one of Tom's favourite stories, so I'm sure he, he doesn't really mind.
0: Absolutely. He may have been pickled in time like a gherkin in a jar, but he won't have any complaints. In fact, just uh, Tom. What is your favourite story? Dimensions and Time. Really, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Really glad you've enjoyed listening to it again. What do you think, Dave? Will we tell Tom to shut up for the rest of the episode and we can just get on and have some intelligent I discussion? Think
1: so. I think so. I
0: think that's fine. I, th- I don't think he'll mind. Absolutely. So, Dave, we are the power of two. Po- power of two, all the way. And don't today, to go- we're going to be discussing a pair of releases which yep. are both from Big Finish Productions, are they not, David?
1: They are indeed. We are looking at a couple of multi-doctor stories because obviously this week, Big Finish have released Out of Time, starring Tom Baker and David Tennant. So we've we've convened to talk about that one. And we're also going to talk about another multi-doctor story that Big Finish released, I believe, in 2003. Doctor Who. Project Lazarus. Welcome home. Lazarus. Ground floor, capture uncertain torture. All TARDISes have some sophisticated systems that enable us to go hunting. That doesn't sound very time-lordy.
0: You look so old, so drained, injured for
1: just following orders.
0: Have you any idea what it was like? In
1: the dark, the cold. Oh yes, vampires, feel the cold. The internet is a fascinating creation, Doctor. The internet? Time to arise and shine.
0: Why didn't you do something?
1: I want to know how they control the vortex. You seem so angry.
0: (sighs) Wouldn't you be if you'd been dumped in the middle of nowhere to
1: scavenge off rats? Doctor, meet the Doctor. You're going to ruin everything. You seem to be doing a good enough job of that yourself. For once, don't argue. Earth is under attack by a particularly malevolent force. Who?
0: Evelyn? Oh, why do you have to bring her?
1: I see you haven't abandoned everything from your past. It's important to remember who we are, Doctor. I couldn't agree more.
0: I think you'll enjoy this. Yes, that's correct, Dave. This was released as part of the fortieth anniversary celebrations. Can you believe that? No, seventeen years ago. Where
1: were you in um, Where were you in two thousand and three?
0: I was oh, cranky. I was working on the Wishaw Press on loan. I was actually working in the subs desk for Scottish and Universal Newspapers, but I was loaned to the Wishaw Press because I hated subbing pages full time. I went back to the show Press, and I spent that November at the Panopticon Convention for the 40th anniversary. Yeah. Cool.
1: I spent the vast majority of 2003 working in HMV Street, but towards the end, I moved to HMV East Cobride. Um, I remember you actually come in and see me a few times, and I worked there. Oh, my God, how long have we known each other? Um, but yes, I was also at the Panopticon in 2003. Um,
0: That's bizarre. I've got no recollection of seeing you there.
1: I can't, I can't remember speaking, I remember speaking to, because I went with Paul pal Tony Nixon, I remember talking to Pasqua, as usual, because, you know, looking, running about, look, trying to look important, Um, I remember talking to David Darlington, but I can't remember, I can't remember seeing you there at all, that's really weird.
0: I can assure you I was, mm-hmm. I was in the bar, because I was, at one point, just went, that's Paul McGann, talking to Michael Jaston, at the bar, <laughs> and that's the closest I've been to Paul McGann ever two, since then. Two
1: doctors. It was a weird one, Panoptic, in 2003. I mean, I remember being utterly, utterly, utterly disgusted at the state of the dealer's room. It was the worst dealer's room I've ever seen. But um, Tony and I just eventually just sat and watched all the panels. And, you know, it's got a bit of a bad rep, but I've I've, I've been to worse conventions in my time, I have to say. But anyway, back to the, so, so yes, the story we're talking about, the other story we're going to talk about today is Project Lazarus. Isn't that right?
0: That's correct. And here's what our friends at TARDIS.FANDOM.COM forward slash wiki slash project underscore Lazarus underscore open brackets audio underscore story close brackets. And I said that all in the one breath have to say about Project Lazarus. Project Lazarus was the 45th story in Big Finish's monthly range. It was written by Kevin Scott and Mark Wright and featured Colin Baker as the sixth doctor, Maggie Stables as Evelyn Smythe. And Sylvester McCoy is the seventh doctor. It was the second in a loose arc of three audio stories that featured The Forge. The first was Project Twilight, and the third, Project Destiny. This is also one of only eight audio stories in which Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy appear together, and one of the four in which their doctors interact directly. I'm so glad to know that it's one of only eight stories in which they both appear. Only, so Only eight? I'm, try, I'm going
1: to try and think, right? High on Sirens of Time. Yep. It's a great project, yep. Lazarus, obviously. The oh, last thing, one in the Yeah, sixth The Light doctor. at the End. The Light at the End. Yep. Um, presumably, Legacy of Time.
0: Yep. Um, um, arrangements say, for did say, War.
1: Did you see The Last Adventure there? Uh, yes. Yes, of course. I yeah, could Sylvester Pop. Yeah.
0: Spoilers. Yeah,
1: I can't. Sylvester and Arrangements for War. Is it Arrangements,
0: or is it is the or is the other one by Paul Sutton, which has got Mel in it and Maggie. Is there is Evelyn? Oh, I can't remember. There's um. He turns up in the very last scene when he tells like, Evelyn who Hex is. Of course, I remember that.
1: that I can't real? remember the story. We've
0: worked it out. That's, yeah, there that's... we go. Terrific. How good are we?
1: <laughs> a wasted life, not at all. Absolutely good. <laughs> so, um, Absolutely did, great. When did you? Did you, I think you, did you listen to Project Lazarus when it was released?
0: I did. I was, uh, and still am, a big Finnish subscriber, and I got this, and I requested that I got, because obviously there were a choice of covers you could have.
1: Oh, right. I didn't realise you could
0: do that. Yeah, right, There was one wow. with Sylvester in the cover and one oh, with Colin, yeah. and I requested, if possible, could I please have the blue Colin suit cover? And that's yes. the one that I got, and it's still on my shelf. Right.
1: Well, I, I didn't hear it, I think, up until about... Um, four or five years ago when I kind of had my big in the wake of getting back into Big Finish via Toby haddock's excellent Who's Round podcast. I kind of had after having not been listening to Big Finish for a very long time, I kind of fed my way back in gradually. So it must have been about two thousand I think probably more likely two thousand sixteen that I first listened to it. Listened to it on the app, but bought managed to track down a copy on eBay of the C D and I think the one I've got is actually I think it's I think it's the Sylvester cover. Or is it the Colin cover? I can't remember. I'll go and look. Hang on. I'll be right
0: back. The interesting thing is that there was also a composite cover released, which was just for the Big Finish website, but it didn't actually appear on any CDs themselves. But I'm sure that there'll be some people out there who found a high-res version of it and printed it out. Ah, oh, right, I'm
1: back in the room. Yes, it's the, it's the Colin cover.
0: The oh, there I've we got.
1: go. <laughs> sorry, um, Sylvester. Sorry, Doc. Yeah, it was because I was listening to it in the, listening to it in the kitchen whilst I'm making my tea the last couple of days to it and to get to it as a wee refresher. It's a, it's um, it's an interesting approach on the the multi doctor sort of idea, isn't it?
0: It is. It's definitely a twist that you don't see coming because I mean, you can see yeah. there's certain things when the doctor, the sixth doctor, just to make sure we get this right, definitely not quite himself.
1: Yeah, because the, the first two episodes are the Sixth Doctor and Evelyn, and they're at the forge, and it picks up on stuff from Project Twilight and reintroduced a couple of characters. And then the Doctor and Evelyn leave at the end of part two, and in part three starts off with Sylvester's Doctor going to the forge, and rather surprisingly, he meets our version of he he meets the Sixth Doctor,
0: and he's quite surprised when he has no recollection at all of anything, yes. which is unusual because usually he's. He thinks he's got some sort of after memory, but yes, I, th- I mean, th- actually, just something just popped into my head uh-huh. when I was at Panopticon that year. I was chatting to Cavan Scott in the bar, and Cavan, and I've known each other since the nineties through right. the wonderful world of James Bond fandom, right. and we formed. In fact, Cav led on it. We formed the Sons of Roger, a James Bond fan club for Roger Moore's people <laughs> who loved Sir Roger. Um, well, he is the best one, isn't he? I would agree because um, I've always said when it comes to James Bond, uh, you can never beat a good Roger.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I wonder. Um, I wonder if we can get Tom out of his time bubble. Tom, would you agree that that Roger Moore is definitely, without question, the best James Bond? Yeah. Excellent. Good. So I'm. I'm glad you agree, Tom. Are, are we back to Albert Square with you.
0: Yeah, he's gone now. He's gone. He's, he's gone yeah. away, just like the first Doctor in his glass pyramid in the Three Doctors. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting that the James Bond without going away in too much of a tangent, but how do you hold to the idea that your favourite James Bond is the first one that you saw as a child?
0: I would agree with that, yes.
1: Yeah. Because I, I mean I the first James Bond film I saw in the cinema was Moonraker, and that was Roger Moore obviously. And mm-hmm. I, to, to me he is. And Sean Connery was always the one before for me, do you know what I mean?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So anyway, back to um back to Project Lazarus. Are we going to tell people about, I mean, it's been out for 17 years, but we can probably discuss the twist quite openly. I think,
0: let's, Dave, do you know what? You do it because then if there's any complaints, they'll go to you <laughs> and they won't come to me. Go on, ruin course, it for everyone.
1: It turns out, I mean, apologies if you haven't listened to the story. So what, maybe maybe skip ahead the next little bit if you haven't listened to it. It turns out that the, the version of the sex doctor that Sylvester meets at when he goes back, to the forge. It's not the actual Sixth Doctor, because Nimrod have been trying to clone him, essentially. It's, it's, you know, it's a copy. And there's a scene, I think there, there's, there's a scene where there's an alien invasion sort of going on, and the Sixth Doctor, in inverted commas, basically loses an arm. And Sylvester expresses the concern that this should have triggered a regeneration, but it didn't. And this is when what leads them to sort of have the conversation that explains it all. and. I was—I remember very clearly when I first listened to it, just four or five years ago. And I remember actually listening to it in the bus on the way to work. I was really, really touched by the, the scenes with um, with Colin and Sylvester together. When, because obviously the six Doctor duplicate—you know—spoilers—he dies, obviously, in and, in and, and the process. of all, and I was really, really moved by the the playing of them together. You know, it was because um, yeah, Colin and Sylvester—they're quite two quite formative Doctors for me. You know, from my youth and. Very, very fond of them both, you know, as people and, and really like them as doctors. And I love what Big Finish have done to expand, you know, both of their sort of, you know, the storylines and all that. And it was really, really affecting listening to them, you know, playing out these scenes. And Sylvester was just so sort of, oh, well, I can't think of the word, but, he, you know, just compassionate is not the word, but, you
0: know, he was just so, aye, he was just, it was so emotional yeah i think there's there's a real bond between that i think of all the doctors well yes they are they are antagonistic towards each other. there's also something quite odd couple about them, whereas you've got um, Collins mm. very much or i should say the sixth doctor is the larger than life character who's living for the moment, whereas the uh-huh. sixth doctor is always planning ahead, but you've got yeah. this pair and the and they work and it's the interaction between them and particularly the, I think it's the emotive response from the seventh doctor towards this yeah. ersatz yeah, no. sixth doctor is, is is absolutely touching I agree and of course yeah. if you look carefully in the cover you'll find there's lots of naked Colin Bakers on it <laughs> I suppose there is good grief
1: it's a good thing I don't have reading glasses on so I won't be able to peer out too closely <laughs> there we go trust you trust you, trust you to spot that
0: well, I, um, I I didn't really find that one out myself. I read it in a book, honest, oh, Governor.
1: I, I'm I'm mindful certainly of that there's a scene between them in in um, Sounds of Time. It's very funny when Colin makes a comment about Colin makes an observation about his weight, and the Seventh Doctor says no comment, which is always quite. <laughs> funny. I think because they're I think because they're close together, and there's been so much done in the sort of expanded media to sort of. Know, to deal with the changeover you know there was i think we talked when we talked about um in a regeneration episode we did talk about this before and i, I love the fact that the the whole thing that the six doctors bought the idea that the six doctors body was sort of sacrificed either to make room for times champion or whatever you remember that was that was the whole sort of feeling during the, the new adventure books and there's always an extra there's always an extra bit of tension between those two whenever they appear together you know i think for that reason and that, as you i mean as you say though they're just so well defined as characters and they, they spark off each other so so well
0: I think so I think the, the camaraderie, camaraderie between Colin and Sylvester obviously comes across as well as mm-hmm. I get them from what I can gather I think they are quite friendly when they're not doing yeah. conventions and such likes and I think they do stay yeah. in touch uh-huh. I think I think that does come across there's uh yeah, there is that, that 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 friendship between the between the actors, yeah. which obviously they bring yeah. to the characters as well.
1: Absolutely, and it's it's nice to sort of experience that. It's so what we should say as well, it's a really good story for Maggie Stables.
0: Oh, unbelievably good! She's so strong in this, and it's, it's I think it's, it's amazing. It's you know, the, the
1: scenes when um the doctor tries to kind of, you know, should we get have a bit of chocolate cake? Then Evelyn and Evelyn's like, no, you don't get it, do you? This is, <laughs> this, is bit, this is a bit more. You know, this can't just be papered over. We won't go into too much detail but on, on, on the whole plot. We want to leave something for listeners that haven't heard it already.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll give them that. I think it does lead you wanting more because you do think there's an awful lot to go with The Forge. For those who don't know, The Forge is kind of like Torchwood, which is, has an amoral head uh, in mm. Rod, who's not got the charm or sexiness of Yvonne or the charisma and compassion of Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's quite a it's a different take, and they're definitely more looking yeah for gain and yeah king and country,
1: and they're they're seeded quite quite well. Through. I mean that was a really good th- good thing to sort of come to the main range so many years after the event was. I was able to listen to all these stories, bam bam bam, one after the other. And it's great how it's sort of seeded through all the, the sixth and seventh daughters, ma- mainly, obviously, more so Sylvester sort of stories towards the end of the whole storyline. Um, seeded so well. But I have to say, when I listened to this story, <laughs> be, being um, a resident of Glasgow, <laughs> that every time they talked about the forge, I thought, what, the shopping centre at Parkhead? Really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's very much the one.
1: That was, that was absolutely hilarious. That, that took me out of it every single time. But, you know, that's just being a Ouija.
0: So, yes, yeah, so overall, how would you sum it up, Dave? If you is it one that you would, you having heard it again recently, is it one that you think, yeah, I might give that another spin in a few months' time? Yeah,
1: yeah, it made me sort of want to revisit the, you know, listen to Project Twilight again, and then kind of, yeah, my my uh, um, yeah, my good pal Simon Hodge sent me a list of all the stories that featured or were involved in the forge and it kinda of made me sort of think, right, if I didn't have series two, three, and four of the the Lucy Miller stories to listen to. Maybe when I get through them, I'll I'll think think, it'll be nice to revisit that whole arc because I remember enjoying it immensely, really impressed by how well it was done and how um, coherent and... and I mean, this is the thing. We're we're talking about multi-doctor stories today and sometimes they can be quite indulgent. And I think Project Lazarus and the the other story we're about to talk about, I think they're on the right side of not veering into overindulgence. You know, they have a good balance.
0: Yeah. So talking of the other story that we're going to discuss today. Let's hear yes. what it's going to be.
1: Welcome to the Cathedral of Contemplation. A spinning cathedral outside history itself. Layers of space-time, pockets of reality, all perfectly balanced and interconnected. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, out of
0: time. It looks like a dimension barrier failure, normally imperceptible, but with visitors crisscrossing space and time. Oh! Oh, sorry. Uh wrong chapel. I was looking for the little shop. Oh. Fast. Temporal energy discharge. Outside the door. What do they think is coming?
1: What have you got there? Sonic's scientific, uh, instrument. I
0: really should find a way back. They don't give up. They're relentless. Unstoppable. In my experience, no one's unstoppable, only ever unreasonable. The doorway's
1: connecting to a corridor. Time corridor. Um, I'd advise you to stay. Back.
0: <laughs> You're very well informed
1: what did you say you were? A doctor. A traveling doctor, much like
0: yourself. If the Daleks get in and take over the cathedral, they would have the means to appear anywhere and anywhere. Uh, instant Dalek invasions just add slaughter. Scan destinations with this device. The Daleks will win this war. And all war! Get out of there! Get back, Doctor! It's breaking through! Big,
1: Big finish. We love stories.
0: Ashley done, Doctor. Why, thank you, Doctor. Allons-y! So, the fourth doctor. The tenth doctor. Yes. One release. Lots of Daleks. Dave, <laughs> what are we talking about now?
1: We're talking about Out of Time, which is also the name of a really, really good song by the Rolling
0: Stones. <laughs> See, just because I don't know the Stones, I did not know that. Yep. Yes,
1: Out of Time. Um, let, let's, With no offence to any other doctors, you know,
0: this is a pretty big deal, isn't it? It is. It's very much one that you could argue that it's the most popular doctor of the 20th century Meeting arguably the most popular doctor of the twenty-first century, yeah. In terms I think that's of what fair. the general public perception would be, at least.
1: Yep. Yep. I think that's fair. Definitely, I'd agree with that. Strong agree. Big tech emoji. Don't we? Obviously, we're not going to talk too much about the ins and outs of the plot because it's only been out for a couple of days, and there might be some yep. people that listen to this without having heard it. But I really enjoyed it for its, its straightforwardness. Yes. And it's lack of self indulgence because, you know, i bite my tongue slightly, like, there's been a couple of the, shall we say, more celebratory cross crossovery type big finish releases in the last two or three years that have left me a little bit cold, but this one this one did the job. There was it because it wasn't too self indulgent and it wasn't it wasn't a sort of token sort of meeting. You know, like this is the doctor and the doctor are together or at least involved for the vast majority of the story, almost from the get-go. And it's um There's a lot of really good stuff between them.
0: Yeah. I I think, um, for those who haven't heard it, we'll sum it up briefly using the official description on the Big Finish website, rather than anything else, because this obviously doesn't give away spoilers. Yes. The Cathedral of Contemplation is an enigma existing outside time. It turns through history, opening its doors across the universe to offer solace to those in need. Occasionally, the Doctor drops in when he's avoiding his destiny, It's an ideal place to get some perspective. Only this time, he's already there from several lives earlier. So when the dimension barriers break down, his past and present collide. And when the Daleks invade and commandeer the cathedral, two doctors must unite to stop them or face extermination twice over. Of course, (laughs) this was released in... um, in august 2020 dave what were you doing in august oh no hang on that's not relevant (laughs) we'll come back to this and revisit it in 10 years time
1: yes if we're all still here (laughs) how many times have you listened to it then Kenny?
0: well i've listened to it once but i read the script when i was doing the preview for vortex (laughs) was there
1: any was there any um, any major differences from the script with with how you no, maybe no, imagined it's, it? it's very much out? as
0: recorded. It's, uh, right. I mean, as you said, I think it's a nice. It's not an overly complex plot, which is no. is great, given that we've got what the, the Dalek's objective and it's, and pretty much is summed up there in the in the preview as to what it's all about, and I think it's rather exciting that we've got these actors together and it's, it's the banter is so good uh, and yeah. the teasing between them is great as well you know, uh-huh. particularly when he's the, the fourth doctor's talking about the tenth doctor's shoes and how he doesn't like them yes. simple things <laughs> like that and you think that's yeah there's, there's
1: um there's a moment when um when dt t- says sort of um no one can walk through a door quite the way he can or the way he does you know i really like that bit Tom's in his eighties now and it's a long time obviously since DT played The Doctor on Telly, but I could I could picture them perfectly, you know? Yes. I really could. It, it wasn't a struggle. It didn't I didn't I didn't feel like I was listening to two actors sitting in the cupboard under the stairs, self-recording. I mean, it, it was um I was really struck by how I said I mean I've I know I've said this, I remember, I remember actually asking asking you long ago when Tom Baker first started working for Big Finish if Tom was taking it seriously. I was kind of wary that, you know, they'd be a bit like the Ness Cottage stories, which I loved, but they were a bit heightened. And I'm always struck when it's obvious that Tom is taking it seriously. You know, I don't know what that says about me, that I feel I need the actor to take it seriously when I'm listening to it. But I thought I was just, I'm always sort of struck by just how good Tom is, because I feel he's he's Tom Baker. He doesn't even have to, I think if he just turned up, people would be happy. But it's always... (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But it's, it's obvious that he is making an effort, and him and DT together in this are tremendous.
0: Absolutely. There's a real chemistry, and it's, it's mm-hmm. rather... I mean, let's be honest, it's exciting. It's the sort of thing... Yeah. When you have... Yeah. I mean, we've discussed Time Crash and how exciting that was, and uh-huh. it's quite interesting to hear the Tenth Doctor fanboying out over the Fourth Doctor as well.
1: Yeah, Uh huh. that's
0: true. Let's talk about the Daleks. Mm, Here yes. we've got them at their nasty worst. Okay. The Dalek voices are really good. Nick Briggs on top form. Uh, we've got very differentiated ones between the standard grey Daleks, the drones, and we've got a new series, Supreme Dalek, which is just top-notch. Absolutely brilliant. There's, there's a real yeah. difference, differential between them, and I love
1: it. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's good that it's not an overly complicated plot or scheme you know the dialects have a clear plan it's easy to easy to understand it's is i mean matt fitton is very i always think matt fitton is a very economical and very concise writer you know you always you always know where you stand there's never you know you know what's going on there's not there's never too much over emoting or anything like that you know it's but he's not but it's at the same time it's not completely clinical you know it's um it's that old that old thing about making it, you know, complicated enough for the kids to be entertained and simple enough for the adults to understand. I suppose, but it's, it's. I mean, I think the plots always going to be secondary when you've got two, especially two doctors like this teaming up together. It all bubbles along nicely. I think that, as I, I think I, I said already, the balance is perfect throughout. You know, it doesn't it doesn't slip into over and down. one scene at the, actually now know that I say that there was one scene right at the end. I won't go into specifics. That was a bit hmm about but you know but i wouldn't um i wouldn't ruin that by saying what i thought too much you asked you asked online for some some thoughts didn't you
0: that's right dave i've been sent a few tweets and i've been sent a few direct messages as well so cool. here's a few of those ones the first one we've got here is from rebecca adams who says i certainly like i'm in points of view here <laughs> should i do these in funny accents no 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 well, no, no. Yeah,
1: well i think you should I, genuinely i think you should but you probably don't want to in
0: case no you're okay there. i'll i'll try not to And um, the first one is as i said from rebecca adams who says it was so heartwarming to hear two of the most iconic doctors alongside each other it was a lovely fun little dalek story and a thoroughly enjoyable listen i already want to listen again which is a great start i mean if you've got people who want to come back and hear it again and again when, well, I mean, I've listened, to, I listened to it, um, I've listened to it three times already. Here's one from Carol Williams who says, if you'd said a few years ago we'd get a fourth and tenth Doctor adventure, I'd have called you mad. Yet here is such a thing of beauty and it will leave a silly grin on the coldest of hearts. This is what Big Finish is all about. Here's one from Cy Hodges. Sai yes. says, yes, regarding if i have heard it, and it's a cracker. Very concise, Simon. Very. I'm impressed by that. Well done. Good man. That is good. Uh, John Porter says, "I think if I rave about it anymore, somebody will come round and snap my CD in half when it arrives." <laughs> Standing up to a third listening. Great fun. Some marvelous moments. Excellent. Marvelous moments. Vince. Ian Keeler says, "Yep." Or it might be Kyler, but I'm guessing Keeler. Ian Keeler says, "Yep." was rather lovely. Uh, here's one from our friend Melvin Pinnap. Yes! Hi Melvin. Hi Melvin. Waves to Melvin. Melvin says, an outstanding release. I love the idea of art's impermanence and ephemerality, mirrored by the two doctors' meditations on their own mortality. Four sees the reality. Oh, hang on. No, no, no. We're not having this, Melvin. We do not refer to doctors by numbers. We will say the fourth <laughs> doctor and the tenth doctor. <laughs> the fourth doctor sees the reality of death in the tenth doctor's very appearance while the tenth doctor continues to rage against the dying of the light and there are daleks which is absolutely true that's that's you know that's an interesting point we didn't
1: really touch on but the um it's again they deal with it without overdoing it you know the the, the fact that because DT's doctor is there, that obviously you know it reminds Tom that he's not going to be there forever. It's, it's, but it's it's all done very
0: very well. It is very much. Any more? So. Yeah. Here's one from Rebecca Chapman, who this was her first experience of a Tom Baker Big Finish audio, Brilliant. and she says he was wonderful and so easily imaginable that it felt like I was watching an episode. It was amazing. So thank you for Brilliant. that, Rebecca. You're absolutely Good. correct with that one. I uh, have a couple more here. We've got one from uh, some of our friends over in Germany. Andrea Mettenborg says, it was awesome. Had to listen to it twice to enjoy it all over. Love David's and Tom's chemistry together so much. Awesome script work as well again. And Nicholas nailed it with the Daleks. What a masterpiece. Yes. The, that.
1: We should we should probably, you know give, given, given our regular cast, we should probably refer to them as the other David and Tom.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Here's another one from Germany. with from Sabrina Wolf. I will presume it's Wolf. Sabrina, I apologise if I've pronounced it wrongly if it's Wolf, but I would presume it would be Wolf. Sabrina said, I've started it yesterday, but saved a little bit for today. So the journey is a little bit longer for me. Funny joke, out of time. But I'm enjoying this adventure so much. It's one of the highlights from this year. I think it's fantastic. Doctor Who reaching across Europe to her friends in Germany and the fact that you know, people who are listening to it Whose English isn't their first language and are following and loving Big Finish. So I think that's absolutely yeah. brilliant and hopefully absolutely. following and loving the power of three as well. <laughs> oh, definitely. A couple more to go. Um, Ross McClellan says, Yep, two of my favourite doctors, lovely stuff. Couldn't even tell it was all done remotely. I look forward to the rest. We'll come to that in a minute. And finally, DWSSG01 says, It's not whippet shit, is it, cock? <laughs> <laughs> in classic tom baker style so yes it
1: definitely, it definitely is not no yep. so yes so they've bf have announced the details of the of the um or a few more details about what the other out of time styley releases are going to be i guess it's probably a commercial imperative that's got the 10th doctor involved and i'm not complaining it would but it would be nice to have had like you know an eighth doctor and fifth doctor story or something you know but that's just me that's just me yeah. being a being a, a, a token grump but yeah they um have they i can't remember kenny have they, have they announced any plot details for each of them Was yes there in?
0: were a few details announced which is this the one with the 10th doctor and fifth doctor takes place in catacombs in paris oh really and oh, features right. okay. the cybermen i mean i don't know anything but i would um, i'd assume that it will be the Earthshock-type Cybermen, given oh, that Davison's involved if we're going out of time.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, because listeners with long memories might remember that I was scheduled to fly to Paris for a few days back in March and didn't get to go because of the current COVID situation. So at the moment, I'm due, again, to go in three weeks' time. That's of my rescheduled flight. So yeah. we'll
0: see if that happens. <laughs> yes, fingers crossed you won't have to suffer Absolutely. the gates of hell, as this story yes. is titled. Which again, great. I think it's, it'll be interesting to hear if there's any references to time crash in there as well, of course. Yeah,
1: hopefully not, if I'm honest though, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe the, yeah. maybe the fifth doctor will remember the tenth doctor and the tenth. Yeah, it'll yeah, well, be good. So um, the other one is the sixth doctor.
0: Yes, it's the sixth doctor and the tenth doctor in a story titled Wink. I think that's uh, been based on a line that Colin Baker said at conventions. When he says, nothing to worry about with weeping angels, all you need to do is keep one eye open and you'll be absolutely fine.
1: It's the ultimate change of letter ruin ruin an episode, isn't
0: it? (laughs) Link. Anyway, anyway. Mm -hmm. Yes, Yes. I look forward to this one. We've got the sixth and tenth doctors taking on the weeping angels on a distant planet where no one has the power of sight. Interesting ah, It's quite fab- but of yeah. course, if these I mean who knows I mean, I don't, but could these pave the way for more releases, because we could get the tenth doctor with the seventh doctor, the tenth doctor, and the eighth doctor, and who knows he the 10th and the ninth the ninth <laughs> that would be a fascinating match absolutely, definitely. Maybe. Maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves with uh, that obviously we don't know what's happening (laughs) with the Ninth Doctor.
1: Imagine though, imagine that photograph from the big finished car park.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think the words you're looking for are just imagine. Yes. That's a lovely thought. I I, I mean, I would love to hear those, to hear particularly how the Seventh Doctor gets on with the Tenth, given that um, the Seventh Doctor would have been perfect for the Time War in a way that the Eighth Doctor never was. Yes. That would be... Fascinating.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Just imagine indeed. I mean the poten- even, you know, get Tim Trelawan to play John Zay opposite, you know, the tenth, it would be it would be fine. Um hi, it's, it's yeah, just as you say, just imagine. Bring it on, frankly, bring it on. So before we go then, Kenny, is do, do you have any do you have a joke for us then?
0: Yeah. What do oh, you goodness. call a sea based life form in the TARDIS?
1: <laughs> right, hi on. A sea-based life form in the TARDIS. Of course, yeah. Um, (laughs) I like to try and work these out. uh, Sea-based... Okay, I give up.
0: Dave, we've just been virtually talking about it. Trout of time. (gasps) Oh, oh. Oh, no. I think think we probably should go now, don't you? Probably, yes. Yes. So, everybody, (laughs) thank you for listening.
1: Yes, thank you for
0: joining us. Yes, indeed. If you want to leave us a nice positive review, please do so on iTunes. Other podcast sources are available. And remember to follow us on Twitter. That's at Power of Three Pod. That's Power of Three with the number three rather than being written out in full. And we also have a website, powerofthreepod.com, again with the number three, and a Facebook page. Feel free to pop by, like the page, and share your thoughts on our Episodes, please do so. Yes, I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed myself, Dave. I hope you have too. I have, I have always a pleasure, Kenny. Absolutely, always a pleasure. And Tom, I hope you're okay there. Have you enjoyed yourself, Tom? Yeah, right. You can get back to your dimensional bubble. We'll wrap up the show. You've been so good tonight, too busy watching dimensions and time over (laughs) and over again. I think, no, I'm obsessed. Yeah, the time we've done this this episode, I think Tom's watched it about six times. Probably at least. Unbelievable. It's anyway, all changed. All changed. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But it's,
1: it's, but it's nice that like, it's nice that life still has that capacity to surprise you, though, isn't
0: it? It is. It just shows how opinions can change in the space of just a few weeks. Who'd have thought? Tom Harris's favourite story is Tom. Tell us once again. Dimensions and time. I can't believe it. What a turn! I can't believe either. It's unbelievable. Literally. Anyway, we're going to say goodbye now. So from myself, Kenny, it's so long and thanks for all the fish, particularly a trout of time. So Dave, what are we going to play out with with this episode?
1: Oh, We're going to play out with an absolute classic track by the Rolling Stones from their 1966 album Aftermath, covered and taken to the top of the charts as a single by Chris Farlow. But this is the Rolling Stones with Out of Time and we will see you soon because we are out of time. Take care, everyone. Be good. Mind how you go. Oh,